Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Inside the Studio, presented by iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Joe Levy. Okay, our guest on this week's home edition of the show is Jade Bird, the British singer, songwriter, rocker, pop singer. She's also kind of an American. You know what? She's a lot of different things at once. And one of them is terrifically talented. And we started the home edition of the show to let you know how the pandemic has impacted the lives of artists. And Jade recorded her new single, Head Start, as well as her upcoming album in Nashville this last summer, just a few months ago. As she told our quarantine correspondent, Jordan Runtog, she had to go to Mexico City to isolate for two weeks before going to Nashville, except I think she was in upstate New York before that, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when the music is this good, what else can you say except thank you? She also talked with Jordan about what it was like to be on stage at the Newport Folk Festival last year with Dolly Parton, Sheryl Crow, Maren Morris, Linda Perry, Brandi Carlisle. No big deal. Just a bunch of icons and her. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the iHeartRadio podcast that Jordan hosts. It's called Rivals, Music's Greatest Feuds, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today is a singer-songwriter from the UK who's so talented that it's really quite scary. She has one of my favorite voices on the scene today, perfect for conveying both full-throated incendiary rock and roll and delicate country-tinged folk. Her songs brim with wit and maturity, not to mention irresistible melodies. 
In 2019, she released her self-titled debut, which boasted adult alternative hits like Lottery, Uh-Huh, and I Get No Joy. Earlier this year, she went down to Nashville to record her second LP, which is on the way soon. Fans were treated to a taste with her new single, Head Start, which is out now. We're going to talk about new music, old favorites, and everything in between. I'm so happy to welcome Jade Bird. No, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, it's great to talk to you, too. Your new single, Head Start, is incredible. I've been humming it all day. It's about when your crush just isn't picking up on your hints. Tell me more about that song. Where did that come from? Uh, so it's interesting. I'm actually, I've kind of started writing again because the second record is finished and I was just going through my old book that I was like um, writing the whole record in. And the first page, it's like got Head Start on it. And I think, you know, in a way, there was two tracks that the first two singles were the two tracks that really opened the door for this next record. And I think Head Start was kind of less about a specific event or context and probably more about the opening of the clouds in terms of like, I was getting back into the, you know what I mean? I was sort of getting back out there and, and writing again for me. So I think Head Start is more of a mantra into the new year for me. But as you said, a more literal sense, it's like, you don't love me and <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so yeah. Well, then you mentioned your second single, Houdini, which is, I suppose, in a, it's the flip side in a sort of, in a way, it's like kind of the end of a relationship, a time when love sort of disappears and vanishes, which I thought was an amazing metaphor. Uh, what does that song mean for you? Uh, Houdini is far the more in-depth one. That's kind of why I chose to do the one too, because, you know, you have that. I wanted to give a bit of energy, inject a bit of catharsis into the first single, and then the second one is very personal. Um, so I started writing it. There was basically, I was in a study, and this Airbnb study in upstate New York, and there was this like little framed picture of like a headless, upside-down red figure, and it really cottoned on to like Houdini for me. I, I was reading a book about him before and I just really, it was in the ether of my brain. Um, and yeah, I started writing and the first lyrics is a quarter to three, it's clear, clear to me that you're leaving. Um, and all the things in the first verse relate to this kind of, it was a bit of a shouting match when I was younger. I was a bit of a, you know, part of in a way. Uh, and the context of the chorus and the Houdini element is re representative of a lot of male figures in my life leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back and just having no control on, over that whatsoever. And I think... I started, you know, the first writing trip writing that. It was like a closure on the past. It was like, you know, here it is. Here's what I want to say. And, and, I, and I, it was like really cathartic to get that out. I was going to say one of my favorite songs of yours is Love Has All Been Done Before, which, which sounds so fierce musically, but, but lyrically has a sense of love is doomed, everything is doomed. And I was wondering <laughs> if you'd change your mind a bit. And I guess Houdini kind of answers my question a little bit. Uh, no, you're actually spot on in, in the other way. It, I've really changed my mind this past couple of years in terms of I've been in a really stable relationship with, with someone who I really admire and respect. And, and I was really worried about it falling apart because of my family. It's bad luck with relationships, you know, two generations of divorce here. You know, it's not, it's not looking good. Um, so Love Has All Been Done Before was kind of like a way of being like, ah, oh, this is never going to work. I need to live my own life. It was quite self-driven. And, you know, since the pandemic, especially, I feel like I've learned to, well, I certainly seem to I care about others a bit more. I can see others a bit more. You know, it's not so self-focused. It's not so self-driven, this journey. So I'm really happy about that. I'm really happy I got to do that so early on. Now, this new album, you went down to Nashville. 
home of so much music that I know is so important to you, Dolly Parton, Loretta Lynn, the Civil Wars. What was it like to be there and be surrounded by this energy and, and walk sort of walk in those footsteps? Had you been there before? Uh, yes, I've spent a lot of time in Nashville, um, but never with Dave Cobb. So he was the guy who produced this whole record. Um, and he, just a little guy. Uh, no, he's, he, you know, did the Brandy Carlisle, uh, by the way, I forgive you, Chris Stapleton. I mean, he's, you name it, he's done it in that world. Ah, he's just the, a hero. Um, so I went up there and like, literally you get into RCO studios where we recorded I know, I know. It's ridiculous. And you're sort of, it's, I mean, just unparalleled the history. I've never, you know, Dolly, Elvis, like you're talking the big guys, the big hitters. So cool. So yeah, we, we, we get in and we record everything live, sort of in one room, basically. I'm in a vocal booth and all the musicians are in one room and I play them the song. Um, the many songs. We went through 16 songs. I just play it out on the acoustic and I swear to God, like they pick it up so quick they're just like yeah cool great awesome and uh and they do it and then you do it literally no more than three times and then you've got the pretty much the take of everybody it's wild oh those those nashville sesame folks are are insane how quick they get that and you recorded all those tracks live i mean pretty much yeah i mean live live in the sense that yeah the takes that we got especially houdini houdini was pretty much everything you hear was played simultaneously which you know is live i guess in a in a kind of nerdy way of breaking it down but but yeah it it was all done you know there were some overdubs but the the core of every song was done done live with each other what was it like working with dave cobb what did he bring to the bring to the table uh, he brought a lot of surprises. He's got quite, a, even though he's from Georgia, he's got quite a British grounded um, way of working. You know, it's very much like get to work, kind of, <laughs> we're all we're all in this to do our jobs, which is very, very British. Um, but for me specifically, he brought like respect. So me and my partner work really close together and he's my guitarist and he treated us as equals, which as you know, if you, know, you have a partner, it's really important someone sees you like that. And creatively, it's even more important because you're trying to, this is a combined vision that you're trying to get through. So I think because David worked with, you know, Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires or Chris Stapleton and Morgan Stapleton, I think he really saw us as one unit and got the best out of us in that way. So yeah, he's, he's really, 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 really special. Did you get to explore much in, uh, in Nashville or Tennessee when you were down there, see the Opry or stuff, or was it still in heavy lockdown mode? Really heavy lockdown, ah. like really heavy lockdown. So when I went, it was what, mid-summer kind of time. Um, so things were really in the thick of it. And before I went to Nashville, actually, I was in Mexico City because I had to quarantine for two weeks. I don't know how this works, by the way. The American government just casually like, yeah, yeah, go, go to a new city and quarantine and it'll be, it'll be way safer. So we did that and I ended up writing a lot of tracks for the album there as well. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, it's, it's so fascinating. I mean, what is it about music from, from this part of the world, the American South, that, that speaks to you so deeply? Well, that's really interesting. I was listening to a podcast. I think it's Dolly Parton's American, This America or This American. Do you know Dolly Parton's America? It's an incredible podcast. Uh, yeah. It's literally just phenomenal. And I think what's phenomenal is the universal feeling from, um, American artists or Southern artists in terms of, I think when you come from quite humble beginnings, either with your family or your situation, 
I think there's some sort of sense of community in songwriting for that. You know, I think it's very rare you'll meet an artist or, you know, a real true artist who hasn't probably been through something, I find, to give their music that depth. Uh, but maybe that's a cliche. Uh, it's just certainly who I have noticed I surround myself with or, you know, who I'm kind of, who I love, artists I love, so... Yeah, I mean, Loretta Lynn's a great example of that coal miner's daughter and, and her background. It definitely adds a depth to her music that you just feel, even if it's not in the lyrics, you can just sense it from it. Oh, my God, absolutely. And I think, you know, what was so interesting for me was knowing that, you know, they have that cr incredible musician. The, the name escapes me right now because I literally just listened to it last night. But she talks about the banjo and its history in, you know, Africa and how you know slavery basically brought bluegrass music to America. And it's now so, like, focused as, like, um, you know, country music, you know, sort of like quite conservative white music. And it just wasn't the start at all. Um, of that music. I found that so fascinating, um, you know, because I think music communities just, it, it kind of overshadows any sort of, you know, anti-diverse kind of behavior or mentality. You know, it's the joy of it. We all go through the same things, the same emotions. We're all literally human beings, so. And the cross-pollination just musically is so strong throughout the world, as you said, yeah. Absolutely, I was, I was gobsmacked hearing about that. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. 
Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. It's funny, my, I, I don't know if, if you've experienced this. My, my father growing up, he never stopped listening to new music. So I grew up with him playing Jagged Little Pill or Tori Amos or Liz Fair and Nirvana and stuff, which was, you know, looking back on it was great. But I discovered the music that I really love, which I guess a lot of people call oldies, like Little Richard and Chuck Berry and people like that. I had to discover that on my own. And I feel like because I found it on my own, I had this sense of, of ownership over it to me. It felt like it was mine. Was that the case for you? Because I know growing up, your parents played a lot of like Chemical Brothers and Prodigy and stuff <laughs> like that. D do you feel that way with this type of music? Like because you sought it out, it belongs more to you as opposed to the parents who kind of like w would show it to their kids more? Yeah, I think you're so right there. You know, although I love the fact that your dad introduced you to Tori Amos. That's so yeah. cool. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my dad um, has way better taste in music than I do. Oh, it's so amazing. Um, but yeah, I think... I think when you're young, you want to know what cool is. And I think I always had this suspicion that sort of what my friends thought was cool, I was like, ah, you know, that's not cool. <laughs> I don't think that's true. You know, I think, I think, because when you're 13 years old, that's all you're basically looking for. You want to know, like, what's really cool. Uh, it's kind of as simple as that. And I think that means, like, what feels good to you. And I remember listening to actually Black Re Rebel Motorcycle Club and Mazzy Star. Um, through a family friend and going like, oh, this is really, I felt it was really cool. And I think what I felt with that was like, I had a connection with it. And then I started to sort of look into blues a lot more because of Black like, Motorcycle Club and, and a lot of them rockier bands. I mean, they, they literally rip a lot of blues kind of structures off. And then I sort of ended up finding like Sun House and, and all this stuff. And you're so right. It became my music. It became my core and my identity um, and followed me, you know, gigging in blues bars right the way up until I was probably 18 and started to change tastes a little bit again. Well, speaking of cool, you performed with Dolly herself along with uh, Brandy Carlisle. How was that for you? Yeah, it was absolutely like it was like a different otherworldly experience <laughs> you them situations you sit there and you just go wow because i remember dolly like comes up in a yellow canary suit like literally canary yellow suit sorry um sequined up to the nines a big wagon wheel on the back and i'm just going like what you know what and she's like hey y'all how you doing <laughs> You know, and I like go and like try and shake her hand and I, she shakes everyone's hand on the stage and I sort of mess up and then we're sort of like, you know, doing a bit of hand tickle and it's so awkward and I want to die and I'm just, yeah, it was. <laughs> so she's full Dolly. So she, oh, she does not, she's going full Dolly right she, from the start. She didn't even blink. Like well, I missed her hand and I was like, eh. she was just like, oh great, you know, lovely to meet y'all. And she do it. I was like, oh, I've just ruined everything. But I know, I knew Dolly because Linda Perry also I got to sing with that weekend um and we've we've been since worked together and so i sort of knew the connection there as well i remember seeing like brandy sing i will always love you with um uh dolly and i think linda was playing piano i think 
I'm trying to ditch wow. into my mind, but yeah. That is a lineup. Yeah. Oh, Brandy is just like my biggest inspiration at the minute. The way she got kind of, she really hit her stride six albums in almost, you know, or at least got success or got such a masterpiece of a record six albums in. Like that work ethic, I can't, I don't know anyone who competes with that nowadays. Well, your work ethic is just absolutely incredible, too. I mean, you make the rest of us look bad, quite frankly. I mean, I think you've said that you tried to write a song a day for a time. Do you still try to keep that clip? Uh, A lot has changed in that respect. So I used to, I think it's that 10,000 hours theory by, you know, Malcolm Gladwell. It's that kind of thing. That's what I was doing when I was young, whether I knew it or not. I was getting them 10,000 hours in. I feel the difference with this now, I feel like I am a writer and I feel like I can say I am an artist. And on my first record, I never felt I could really earn, I had felt like I hadn't earned that. Um, and so that's why I was doing all the graft. But now I do take a minute sometimes, you know, like when I was writing in January for this record, I hadn't written in, in like two months properly. So I just, I want to be careful, you know, not to make people feel like, because you know what I mean hyper production guilt kind of that all bleeds into one so yeah I am taking more of a minute now I feel like I've got my voice and my tone if that makes sense to to live a little bit and, and see do the best songs come quickly you feel always yeah yeah it always I'm trying to think if there's an exception because oh there was one song I I did about I don't know maybe six versions of um that ended up not making the cut for the record, but I really want to give to someone. It's a piano record. So there are exceptions to that, but, you know, Head Start didn't take me... I wrote versions of that as well. I just seem to be disproving my theory instead of actually... (laughs) Instead of actually giving my my answer any backup. So who knows? (sighs) Are you superstitious at all when you're writing? Is there like a special place you always want to sit or an instrument you always want to use or even just like a time of day? Or is it just whenever, wherever? Now, my uh, my old producer was like, dude, she's just a superstitious freak. She can write anywhere. I was like, that is hilarious. Because I was basically, there was one studio I wrote Lottery and Aha in. There was one place. And I was like, if it's not available, I can't, I can't write. You know, and he was like, dude, you know, get a grip. And then I literally went to a shed down the road, literally a walk down the road and ended up writing everything for this record. And then Mexico, you know, it's not like I'd ever been to Mexico City and written anything in an apartment before. So again, this was the album of disproving a lot of, a lot of superstitions. But in general, oh my goodness, I'm so superstitious. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, just getting fresh perspective, fresh places, fresh experiences, maybe that that primes the pump. Yeah, especially, I think I think there was something about the air there. There was kind of in the vicinity. I, it was really triggering a lot of my British kind of 90s rock influences in Mexico. I can't, I mean, who knows why? Um, sometimes it just happens, but like the Smiths was coming out a lot, and PJ Harvey and, and kind of Cocteau Twins and all of that. I was really channeling. And even a bit of Bruce Springsteen as well. There was like street musicians outside the balcony every day. They'd be like playing trumpet or like, you know, the sax and you'd hear them and it'd be so weird and wacky and wonderful. Talking to people who are, are, are blessed with the ability to write music, I'm always so curious, how much does the audience factor into your urge to write? Do you write as a way to communicate with other people or do you write to get that feeling out of you? Like if you were on a desert island, would you still write every day or as often? Yeah, that's 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 why you are who you are. That's why your occupation is your occupation, I think, because it's not like you just do it for because you have to. It's like if you sit in lockdown for two months, you'll write a song. 
you know, you will get out of that, or six months or eight months, you'll, you'll get out of that and you'll write again. That's because you're a writer and you'll always be that. And that's the one thing I've learned in this experience is like, I feel I can own that title now and, 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 and feel a bit more confident in the sense that if I don't write every day, I'm still a writer, you know, um, although I believe that work is important. How have you been coping with, with lockdown? I know last couple of months, I know it's been, been tough on everybody. How have you been feeling? Yeah, I mean, as as you probably know, we're all we're all in the same boat together. I, I at the beginning, it's really up and down. I'm quite a binary person in the sense of I'm either on, 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 or like off, you know. So, and that's in everything I do. My partner just loses his mind at it. Um, <laughs> so I like this is so obsessive of me, but I wrote like a list. So I'd be like exercise, and I put a little spider diagram and every time I exercised I'd knock one off or put a little tally chart and then songs and then I'd have one for books read and I just started being like really hyper productive at the beginning and then as you know you complete everything goes and then you do nothing um but keeping track of it really helped me because you know it's kind of like I saw this uh, thing that was someone who the sister really struggled with depression and they wrote every day how they were feeling. If it was like up, down, not so good, medium, and they tracked it every day. And I think sometimes knowing that you were productive at a certain point or happier or, you know, every life's in ups and ups and downs in waves, so to speak, seeing that sometimes helps you feel a bit better. Yeah, it'll let you know that you'll, you'll get there again. If Even if today's not the day, you'll get back there at some point. You have that yeah. in there. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity. For yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you were promoting your debut album, uh, which was so personal, you said you wanted your next album to, to look more outward and, and reflect more of, of sort of what's going on around us in the political climate. Uh, did current events impact your writing for this, this latest batch of songs? Uh, I think in a way, a lot of our existence right now in this generation is political. Um, I think I, I succeeded in doing what I wanted to do in terms of writing of others. I think when you fall in love, it automatically allows you to do that because it's the maximum extent of empathy you know when you're really in love with someone to see them hurt would just it would be like your child hurting you know it's it's the same kind of like maternal like oh god you know breaks your heart um and so i think a lot of this record you know seeing someone go through anything i was i was trying to i was writing a lot more about that person than than being like you know what am i gonna do with my life you know (laughs) i felt like i had had enough of that by the first record also just uh characters there's this one song song called punchline on the record and it starts off he's walking out head in his hands and he's too drunk to drive he says out loud i've been asleep at the wheel my whole damn life and like little vignettes of characters i was like oh i've I'm really on, you know, I'm on to a better way of writing here, for sure. That's such a great line. It almost sounds like an Elvis Costello song to me or something. I love that line. Yeah, it's quite Bruce Springsteen inspired as well, I think. You know, the idea of, you know, I really had this idea of like a waitress and a, and a, and a bloke who's <laughs> and a relationship and him just sort of, another lyric is like, you know, throwing his wedding band out the back of a black sedan, you know, because I was like, I just had it all. <laughs> I had it in my head and it's random because I never met met that guy, but I, now I have through my song, you know? It's very cinematic, yeah. Yeah. So many profiles of you and, and uh, reviews I've read include the, the, the Americana tag. Uh, what is your relationship to that word? Is it accurate? Does it frustrate you? I mean, labeling and identifying oneself must be infuriating, I'm sure, in a lot of levels too. But, but how do you feel about, about that? Um, it's only frustrating when it's restrictive. So for me, being a Brit, you know, the country thing wound me up a little bit because I was like, oh, I know people are going to hear that and I know what they're going to assume. And modern country is pretty sheeny. And pretty pop, hmm. you know, it's basically just pop modern country. Like, no, I'm yeah. not talking alt country, but I'm talking like, you know, the, the stuff that you, is on the radio. Um, and so as a bit, I used to get a bit annoyed by that because I just felt it was so derivative. It wasn't, it wasn't making you, it wasn't, didn't have any sort of connection with who I actually am when you listen to my music. It crosses so many borders, genres, like it is what it is. So... That was frustrating. Uh-huh, isn't country. You know what I mean? So I was a yeah. bit I was a bit like, oh, it's lazy journalism. And when you're at the start, sometimes pieces matter, you know, because it's the first time people are seeing you. But I feel like I've definitely got away from that now and, and probably, you know, the company I'm keeping with people who I love and seem to want to support me, I think has helped uh, me 
be myself <laughs> and be known as myself, you know, a little bit. It's strange. I really feel like people are much more quick to categorize or label female artists, which I've never, I've never understood that. And then I think of people like Bowie or Prince who got all this freedom to be and evolve and just not be constrained and be who they are. It's, it's very strange. Oh, you're so correct there. I mean, it's really, it's really annoying. I mean, if you look at the Tori Amos um, media when she was out, it's horrendous. It was horrendous, the things journalists said about her, male journalists said about her. And there's this really, um, oh, it was so great. I read this book by Kim Gordon. Um, she, It was her, like... Oh, Girl on uh, a Band. Uh, or, I think that was it. That's yeah. the one. And she describes it in the UK 90s scene as the queen complex. So these guys ah. are so insecure about having a female kind of leader, head of state, that they have to just, you know, really down every female they're writing about in life. And I just absolutely, I, if I've got a tattoo, I think I just get that because it's just amazing. Oh, I, I love all your different styles. <laughs> I have to say, I love your Dua Lipa cover of uh, New Rules, by the way. That was really wonderful. Yeah, that was definitely a like, oh, because you know you've got to do popular covers sometimes to when you're beginning to introduce to new audience. And so me and my partner were like, right, you on the trumpet, I'll play Spanish <laughs> guitar. You know, we'll get a big double bass and we'll, and we'll do a Dua Lipa tune, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but I loved that. It was so much fun right at the beginning. Oh, and Alanis too. I mean, I mean a track uh, right through you is incredible. Ah, uh, them lyrics. I mean, you, looked, you took a long, hard look at my ass and then you played golf for a golf. while. I mean, it's just un it's uncanny. I love her so much. Have you ever played with her or met her? Never. But sometimes real heroes, I, I get a bit nervous too. Like people who like, I don't know, have directly affected you like that album did, Drag a Little Pill. I like to keep them as, as deities or myths, you know? <laughs> you know what I, It's like Patti Smith. I am terrified of meeting Patti Smith. I'm terrified of meeting her because she's so amazing. Um, it makes me lose my mind. Oh, someday though, someday. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I ran away from her, you know. What? When? Well, we were there was a there was a festival. I think it was All Points East in the UK, and she was on maybe after or something like that. And they were like, "Oh, wait, you hang out backstage and try." Uh, nope, no way, <laughs> no. <laughs> I ran away. What do you love to do when, when you're not making music? Um, I used to read a lot this pandemic. I've not been reading as much. Who knows why? I listen to podcasts now, especially when I, I'm running. You know, I had to, because, you know, when I eat a lot of biscuits, so like, I had to get a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, I was putting on the pounds a little bit. You know, when you just sort of turn around, look in the mirror, and you're like, oh, hello, you know, there we go. Um, so that I started running and doing yoga and all the things you're supposed to do recently. Um, mainly computer games. I really like computer games. It's something that allows my really controlling behavior to switch into something. To let <laughs> go. You know, or simulation. I basically control little uh, groups of people on online. <laughs> <laughs> my manager is really concerned about me when I do that, but yeah. <laughs> all the Sims and stuff, like Sim City and the Sims and all those oh, types of you, things. Oh, you name it, like I'm on that. So it's my nerdy side of my character, but it's the only thing I don't think what I'm doing. So we've all got to have something. Has there been a, a silver lining of this time for you? I mean, have you uh, any new hobbies you've picked up or, or shows you've watched a lot of? Or 
Uh, family was really a silver lining because I was away from them constantly for three years, basically. Um, and my mum, I lived with my mum primarily by herself since I was, what, like eight months old. So I think, and also my grandma, she, we moved back in with my grandma at seven when my parents divorced and we lived like as a trio of pretty badass women, you know, <laughs> for like, I mean, five, five to six years. So I think what I was really losing was, was the relationship with them there because I was growing up at the same time as leaving a lot. And I got to spend a lot more time appreciating that and, and knowing why my mama is my mama, yeah. you know what I mean? And knowing where I came from and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. I read that your mom recently shared a note that you had written to yourself as a 14-year-old. Uh, what was that like? What did you learn from your 14-year-old self reading that back? <laughs> Oh, how did you find that out? I don't know how you found that out. Okay, all right. It was meant to be really profound and I was hoping it would be like, I want a record label. I want to be, a, you know, doing what I'm doing now. And instead, I totally chickened out of my aspirations writing on the list. And I think I said like, I wanted like a, you know, my grandma had said, put, you, put a car you want. I put like a red mini and I wanted to live in New York and study in New York or become a waitress or something. It was very like, very practical. I don't know what I was doing. Oh, it was so stupid though. I was like, Jade, you wanted to be, you, you wanted to be a writer. You've always wanted to be a writer. What are you, what are you playing at? So yeah, uh, it was, it was a waste of time that bloody thing. <laughs> I think we did another one as well. Me, my grandma and my mum. we all did another one last year. Well, you are a writer, and I don't for everyone who can't see you right now, which is everybody but me, uh, you're currently holding a guitar pick, I believe, and you have been the entire interview too, which I think is the sign of a true composer. Oh, my Lord. It's so staged, that, isn't it? How did you even see that? I was flicking my hands so much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's me. I've, I have been trying to write um, this weekend. So, yeah, you got me there. Wow. Oh, he's got one too. I got, I got one in my pocket Incredible. too. So, you know, it takes one to know exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> Incredible scenes. Amazing. Uh, well, Jade, my, my last question to you, and it's been my last one we've done throughout this, this whole uh, sort of quarantine series. Uh, if you could snap your fingers and have everything go back to whatever your definition of normal is, I suppose, like this time last year, what would be the first thing you would do? Ah, that's a great question. Wow. If it was this time last year, you mean change something? Oh. Or just have it be exactly what, like, what would you do just if, if you could have everything go back to normal? You could go travel anywhere you want and not have to quarantine in Mexico for two weeks or, or hug anyone you want and not have to worry or what would you do? Ah, oh, such a great question. Um, what would I do? I mean, a lot of us are hermits, <laughs> aren't we? So we like kind of almost like being inside. So um, I think a lot of us were like, oh, thank goodness we don't have to cancel on friends for any other made up reason. Um, I do such a great question I mean obviously play live that would be that would be really good I think you know what I actually want to do I really want to go to a bloody observatory really wanted to see the stars and they're all closed right now so that bugs me that's what I do that is a beautiful sure. answer and one we have not had yet that is wonderful uh, yeah thinking about it you see <laughs> Jay, thank you so much for your music and your time today it's been such a pleasure Oh, no, thank you, Jordan. That's been so much fun. I've had a good laugh, you see. You are the best. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio Home Edition, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio and other shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.